0: And welcome to today's episode of the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how you doing this fine Monday morning?
1: Good morning, T-Dog. I am am good. Happy Monday morning. Good start to the week. Yeah, everyone's like, "Um, you've never called them T-Dog before. Yeah, we're trying new things today. We're trying it out. Timmy, how do you feel about T-Dog?
0: I, I don't hate it, you know. Maybe we, <laughs> we maybe we workshop it a bit more, but but I I think it works. But good. I I will say the reason we find ourselves needing to try new things is because the 49ers did just suffer their first loss of the season to the Cleveland referees, uh, and so did that you pick is a up bar- on that. <laughs> You picked up on my uh, my little subtle, subtle change there. No, we'll, we'll break it all down, but the 49ers did lose to the Browns. We'll talk about why I don't really care. I'm not particularly worried. We'll talk about why the referees all deserve to be fired, and we'll spend a little bit of time <laughs> on why everyone should complain to their local Fox station. But other than that,
1: <laughs> so Daniel, much, any, So much anything? to talk about. Where, where do you want to start?
0: <laughs> I mean— the 49ers lost, right? What that's yeah. going to be the story coming out of this. People are going to say Purdy looked bad. People are going to say Shanahan oh. didn't seem to trust Purdy. He was calling a lot of runs on these second and longs, third and longs where he used to he used to let Purdy take shots. There's some health concerns, both Debo and Christian McCaffrey left the game with injuries, did not return, and obviously we lost it all on a game-losing kick miss from rookie kicker Jake Moody. You're going to hear a lot of talk about how Robbie Gold wouldn't have missed that one, and you know what? Those people are probably correct, but they're also forgetting that Robbie Gold wouldn't play for the 49ers. So I don't, I don't really <laughs> yes, know seriously. what they want us to do that. Like, Robbie Gold wasn't going to play for the Niners if he was imprisoned and forced to. He was going to figure out a way to sit out. So I don't really, really understand the point of that. Sorry, what was that, Daniel?
1: I want to know so badly, like, what? what was the main factor Robbie's like, I'm out. Like, was it Was it the team? Was it the coaches? Was it truly the weather? I want to know why he was so, like, I'm not coming back to the Niners. Because he wants to play somewhere else, just no one else signed him.
0: It must have been the money. In which case, I mean, I think Jake Moody had been really good. You miss kicks sometimes. I don't know.
1: I don't think he'd missed a kick until yesterday.
0: Exactly. Pretty, and, I mean, yeah, there's going to be some time spent on... Should Shanahan have tried to get a little closer? I mean, I think forty-one yards is probably a good a good spot to say close enough.
1: Yeah, it I would say it is, but they had timeouts and some time on the clock. So that's where I was confused. I will say I did not fully understand that one. Um if you have the time, I think it got down to nine seconds, but they were taking their time to snap that ball. I'm like, I think if you Passing play, running play, I think you have enough time and make sure you get a time out there. I, th- I think that they would have made it work. Um, just, yeah, my thoughts on some of the stuff you already started rolling with is it, it was not a great game from Purdy. And if you watch some of his overthrows, um, I probably would have been calling the, the run plays with two and long or three and long because it wasn't his day. It wasn't clicking right there. And... I don't think steering away from a passing play on on that down second and third and second or third and long I don't think that means that you don't trust your quarterback. I think you're trying to get some other things to work as well and maybe have that option less. So maybe there is a little bit of distrust there, but I think it's also hey, it's not clicking right now. Let's take a minute, try something different and then come back to it. Like I don't see that as he's not trusting him, right? because I think Kyle or Brock has full trust from Shanahan. He's earned that and he's not going to lose that with just one game. So, yeah, it was Brock Purdy's worst game. And if this is his worst game, okay, this is far better than what we are used to for worst games for Niners quarterbacks, right? So, he had a, he had a quarterback rating of 55.3. Not great whatsoever. He had 12 completions for 27 attempts. Not great either. Less than 50% completion, not awesome whatsoever. For 125 yards for an average of 10.4, not great. One touchdown, one interception. I'll take it. That is a normal stat line from Jimmy Garoppolo. So I will take this, right? I don't Timmy, how do you feel about his his Brock Purdy's specific stat line and play and with this yeah, being you know- essentially his worst game?
0: People are going to look at this and say, "I told you Brock Purdy wasn't the real deal. I I told you that he he was just benefited by the offense. I told you the only reason he was good was McCaffrey." And,
1: and you know what? Bananas. I don't care
0: about I don't care about the stats. I don't care about any of this. I care about one thing. The 49ers needed to get into field goal range to win. And you know what happened? Brock Purdy got, got them there. there. He played his best drive of the game when they needed him to. When they when When push came to shove, Purdy delivered. And so you can look at all of those stats, and you know what? He played a terrible game. And you know what? Everyone does. But the detail that is going to be lost by fans of other teams, probably, and people who are already biased against Purdy, and I still have my doubts about Purdy, but the thing that matters to me is we needed to be in field goal range, and we got into field goal range. Purdy got us there. He had his part to do on the end of game drive to get the 49ers back into field goal range, and he did it. And that's ultimately what matters. You can look at all those stats, and you know what? He played a terrible game. And even in his terrible game, he did what he needed to do at the end of the game to put us in a position to win. And so that that's all there is to it. And so there's certainly a learning moment for Brock. Certainly his offensive line did not help him out the The Browns defense was in his face the entire game, but you know what when he needed to do something he did it and Yeah, I mean the 49ers played a terrible game and it took two Ridiculous defensive calls on that last Browns drive and a missed field goal to lose And so I think that's the narrative is then the Niners are gonna be fine Because they played their worst game and they still almost won like that's fine. Yeah. So yes, it's going to be terrible. The 49ers lost to the practice squad quarterback-led Cleveland Browns. But the Browns also have one of the best defenses in the league, and they I had
1: two questions for you and yeah. you just said one of them essentially. Um and so I'll switch the order cuz you said Browns defense being one of the best in the league. So I saw saw some analysts saying yesterday are the Browns the best defense in the league because they were already up there. And we talked about them last week before we played them on on the podcast. Miles Garrett is insane, but there's more to that defense than just him. Um, so now that it's not to me, it's not just oh the Browns are the best because they beat like the number one offense in the NFL right now. But I do think they are one of the top, and this might have kind of catapulted them because they're they're already so high. But this might have bumped them up. Like, do you think they're the number one best defense in the NFL right now, or is is it still kind of jury's out for you?
0: Yeah, that I don't know. I'm a little worried about the defense. All these things we can complain about with the Niners, right? But the fact is that the defense did not get stops against a practice squad quarterback. But then you a similar thing, right? Where push comes to shove Brock party needed to get us into the field goal range. Push comes to shove, Browns are pushing for a touchdown, and Nick Bosa gets a huge sack to knock them back to a spot where only a field goal was possible. This team made the plays it needed to play. And you know what? Push comes to shove, Browns are marching down the field, Tashaun Gibson stops them. And so let's let's transition this to a call about the refs. So I, I don't think the defense played well. I am concerned about the run D. I am concerned about a lot of these things. But you know what? Every time it mattered, the defense did make a play. D'Amador Lenoir with that pick to get us the touchdown that put us back in the lead. And the 49ers should have won that game. Now, I think we need to complain about the refs. And every time you need to complain about the refs, you have to preface it with, hey, if we had done our job better, this wouldn't have mattered. And yet, the 49ers defense needed to get a stop, and they got it. Sean Gibson with a perfect hit on, I'm going to forget which receiver it was, but right into his shoulder. Just a beautiful play. Clean, knocks the ball away. Like, the receiver never had a chance. Sean Gibson made the ideal hit in that position. Landing it directly on the shoulder, avoiding the head and neck area. And the refs flag it, put the Browns back into contention. That was third down, Daniel. That ends the game. I mean, the Niners did get the stop. And so similar to Purdy... I'm concerned about some of the things he showed, but when it mattered, he got the job done. And I actually think you can say the same thing about the Niners' defense. And that, that epitome play is going to be Bosa's first full sack of the season, right? Where yep. he needed it, and he somehow pulled it off. But even a bigger play is that Gibson stop. And the next it, play with a questionable defensive holding on Charvarius Ward. I don't think you call that, but you it's a much better call than the it, one Yeah, on I would say that's...
1: That's the one call that I was like, okay, that makes the most sense. I don't love it, but it makes the most sense. And they're on a they're on a flag spree, so that's where I'm like, yeah, we're just gonna continue it with that one. But that's the first one where I'm like, yep, absolutely. Um, and in re- regards to the refs, yesterday just in the NFL was not a great day for referees. I don't know if you watched the the Giants Bills game in the evening, but that game ending play at pass interference on Darren Waller with no call in the end zone was rough and so i do think there's going to be some conversations among the league around the referees and there's going to be some conversations of we got to do better we got to we got to make the right calls whether it's you know you get both ends where gibson had a what a lot of people think was a clean hit um being called on a hit for a defenseless receiver you know they called and they were uh, too strict there, and then they were too lenient with Darren Wallers. And Darren Wallers was the worst call of the day. It was unbelievable how how much pass interference there was. And I think just because of the last play of the game, they didn't want to go with that. But with the Niners, I mean, it was it was play after play that was a tough call. And I think at a certain point, when it's when it's a game like the Niners and Browns, at a certain point, you gotta either let something go or you can't just call it one way the entire drive or whatever it is. Cause there was just call after call after call. That was, that's questionable. That's, I can't even believe you're going that way. And it was a very rough part to it. But again, we're, we're very big components of the refs never decide the game, even as much as it feels like it. Right. Um, there is an hour of, of game time to make a difference elsewhere. Same thing with Jake Moody. He missed two field goals. That's tough, but there's a lot of game time to get stuff done and not leave um the game down to the wire for that game winning field goal to be put on his shoulders. But again, it feels like that sometimes. Missed two kicks during the day. That was tough. His worst game. So not, not the rookies, well, um not not his best game either. Um But man, I, I truly I really felt like he was gonna make that one. But right as you see it come out, you could see the difference there. But Timmy, my second question, getting back to, to that question real quick. Um, going back to Brock Purdy, and then maybe we can move on from the offense and talk about some of these injuries. I haven't gotten any updates from him yet, and I, I don't know if you have either. Normally it takes a little bit more than just the next morning for us to hear anything. Um, yeah. Brock Purdy. Now, it's early. We haven't seen a lot of stuff on the, on the the on the Twitters or whatever, where else we're looking. But Brock Purdy, as you already said, people are saying, oh, I told you Brock Purdy wasn't it. I told you he wasn't legit. All these things that I'm sure we'll see and we've already seen, even when he has had much better games. But I believe it was two weeks ago, maybe three now, Patrick Mahomes looked horrible. I don't remember against who, but he had a horrible game. Like one or I think two interceptions, and they were not great. And I don't think anyone really questioned the skill there. And I get that. So my question is, for quarterbacks, and maybe other players, but I think this we mainly see it in quarterbacks, is there a certain pedigree, a certain level that quarterbacks get to where then you just you never question them? Like Patrick Mahomes is there. I feel like somehow Jalen Hurts is already there. When he has a bad game, everyone's like, oh, it's fine. Um, sometimes people felt that way with Lamar. I I mean – Josh Allen is one of the best in the league, but I think sometimes people still question him. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, I would say, are in this uh, tier, and they're going to be Hall of Famers first ballot, so they should be. But is there a certain pedigree where like, quarterbacks can go out and have their worst game or even a stretch a few games, and you're just like, ah, oh, they'll figure it out? Like, You're not worried?
0: Yes, but I don't know that I call it pedigree, right? I, I call it, well, I've seen you long enough to know this isn't you. Right, like it's not like I'm saying like, oh, you're just in this class of quarterback where like you're not allowed to be questioned. It's hey, I've seen you be successful time and time again, so I'm gonna yeah. write this off as a fluke. And so I'm and I understand. Guessing the question Purdy's you're so going young. to is, yeah, is is Purdy in that pedigree? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, the so reason that, I'm I, confident, I wouldn't
1: ask it straight up like that because yeah. I understand like he's way too young to say is he there? No, I, I get that he is not. But if you were to take the, like, sample size, if you were to take the amount, like, we can go with Aaron Rodgers as an example. Because he's played for thousands of years, we have much more, hey, I've seen, I know that this isn't you, as you said. I've seen you succeed for so long. I know that this isn't you. This is Brock Purdy's, like, truly his only one, I would truly say, bad game or even, like, horrible game. He's never had a oh, game yeah. this bad. Oh, this is bad. his
0: only bad game in the NFL.
1: So... If this is game number—I can't do quick math right now. What is this, number 12 for him?
0: Yeah, something like that, 12 or 13. 7-0
1: last year, 6—yeah, we'll go 13. And this is his first true bad game. So if you were to to give me a ratio of Aaron Rodgers' like time he's played success and then compare it to Brock Purdy's time and success, I bet it wouldn't be too far off if not I think Purdy's had— In terms of the ratio, I think Purdy would have less bad games than Rogers would. So, I mean, I think the question
0: that you hear in the back of your mind, right? The question that you're going to hear throughout NFL Twitter, in probably more outside of Niners Twitter, because I do think we in the Niners community have embraced Purdy for better or worse, right? Like, I've come around. You haven't yet. My, I I, Yeah, but I'm kind of like, all right, I I think Purdy's my guy. Like, I like the guy, you know, so I'm going to be a little biased. But I think the question you're going to hear is, hey, Purdy had never played a game without McCaffrey before. And you look at, like, there's all these stats, right, on the 49ers offense when Purdy took over last season. That coincidentally almost perfectly coincides with Christian McCaffrey fully integrating into the offense. And so that is the question you kind of have to be asking yourself is... Is it McCaffrey or is it Purdy? Now, the real answer is probably it's a bit of both. It's probably that Purdy is good. And Purdy has made this offense capable to do things that it's never done before. It's also that Christian McCaffrey is the best offensive weapon in the NFL. And he has completely raised the ceiling of this offense. That is absolutely true. And so people are going to say, hey, McCaffrey goes down. Suddenly they don't win. It was all McCaffrey. Now, I don't think that's true. However, that clearly does play into it, right? And what I'm going to point to, to say, no, 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 Purdy's still got something. Purdy is still something, is what I said earlier, is after all of this, after playing a terrible game, getting sacked, making the wrong decisions, not having McCaffrey, not having Debo, there was a minute and a half left, he needed to get us into field goal range, and he did it. That's what Patrick Mahomes does. That's what Aaron Rodgers does. That's what Tom Brady does. And so you're going to look at all these things. You're going to say, hey, is Purdy the real deal? And I don't know, but I'll tell you one thing. He did what the real deal would have done had they played the game he just played. He did what needed to be done at the end of the game. And it was Kyle Shanahan that said, hey, you know what? It's it's third down. Let's kick it. We're close enough. We don't need to keep driving. Like, you're going to say all these things. You're going to see all these stats about how bad Purdy was, and they're going to be true. But the thing I want you to remember is what great quarterbacks do is no matter how bad they've played throughout the game, no matter how many players are missing, no matter how good the defense they're playing is, they get their team into a position to win their game at the end. And that is what Brock Purdy did. And so I think that's a I don't,
1: cool point of – go ahead.
0: No, I was just going to say, I don't know if he's the guy – but you know what? He did what the guy would have done had the guy played that game.
1: I think especially to that point, like he had a horrible game, but as you're saying, when it mattered at the end, he got it together and he did his job and, and did exactly what the team needed him to do. Get them in field goal range. He couldn't really get that done. The drives before, but crunch time when it's do or die, he got it done. Right. And so, Yes, you could see like a high-scoring game where two quarterbacks are having a great game, and he gets his team in field goal range to, to win the game, but he, he, he was killing it all game. I think it's way more – I have way more confidence in him being the guy, this kind of sounds funny to say, in seeing him have a really bad game and then forget all about it and make it count at the end. That actually totally. gives me more confidence in him as a quarterback as he's able yeah. to – Absolutely. Wipe away all, all the, the crappy plays and crappy throws. Like, Brandon Ayuk had 10 targets and four receptions. And I don't know if he truly had a single drop. I think every single pass that he that he did not catch wasn't on him. I can't think of one. Like, they were, they were far ahead of him. He was diving for the ball. I don't think if a receiver is diving for the ball like that, it's going to count as a drop. Because um, he worked his butt off, and the throws just were – Purdy was leading him too much all over the field, but then he got it together at the end. So I I really like that point, again, to him being the guy. He was able to get it together, and that's just not something we've seen in years. So he's doing stuff that we're not used to in the best way possible. So
0: um, Yeah, and I I think I said this, but I kind of think that extends to the 49ers' defense too. Like the 49ers' defense needed to make some plays, and they made them, and so – we're going to complain about the referees. The referees are the reason the 49ers lost, right? But also the reason the 49ers lost is that they put themselves in a position where the referees could have that amount of influence. But there were some terrible calls on that that go ahead drive by the Browns. And I I don't think anyone's going to argue otherwise. And so I I think I I don't know. I'm pretty willing to just kind of write this game off, but it's it is tough.
1: Yeah. Um. Hey, let me let me go through some injuries. We can wrap the game up and we can hit our two segments and look the next week. Um, Dre Greenlaw was out yesterday. He was inactive with a hamstring injury. So hoping he can heal up and go against uh the Minnesota Vikings next Monday on the road. Debo Samuel was forced out of Sunday's game yesterday with a shoulder injury. He seems to be uh, the injury that is in the best shape. We haven't heard anything further on these injuries than in game, but I think he Yeah, will. what I've
0: what I've heard from Debos is that the team expects him to be fine. So he might be back next week. I don't think that's gonna be a long term thing. Yeah. The the Hopefully injury we'll we something. worry about is the one you're about to say, right?
1: Yeah, hopefully we hear something about Debo today or tomorrow, and we'll see if he suits up uh, Wednesday. The injury you're all waiting to hear about is safety George Odom left the game with a thigh injury. So I'm, I'm assuming that's just a stinger. Is that what you were waiting for, Timmy?
0: Sorry, run that George. one back for me. Which injury was you this? You said
1: that the injury we're all waiting for, and I said safety George Odom.
0: Yeah, you know what I always say. If, if Odom's not there, your team is oh so dumb. Moving on. Uh, oblique
1: injury to Christian McCaffrey. CMC left yesterday's game and did not return. Um, he was getting evaluated in the locker room, and they decided to hold him out. So that's an oblique injury. If you don't know where your oblique is...
0: Then you're similar to Daniel and I before this recording. It's I had a good idea.
1: It's an upper body injury. Kind of a, the muscle around your abs is what Google Images showed me. <laughs> Uh, Another injury to a key, key player, Trent Williams, was seen wearing a walking boot on his right leg after suffering an ankle injury during the game. Um, He was seen after the game wearing the boot, of course, so that's not great.
0: That's one to monitor. Obviously, we've talked about being a little worried about some of our offensive tackle depth. And I also think a couple years ago, Trent Williams played through an ankle injury and kind of came out of that and said, hey, I I made the wrong call. Like, the team would have been better off if I had just sat and let my backup play because I was so limited. So I think you're going to see Trent lean towards getting healthy especially at this point in the season so if it's one of those injuries that like maybe you could play through if it was the playoffs at this point like if it's an injury i expect trent to wait until he's a hundred percent before he comes back so that is something to monitor
1: absolutely yeah especially at this point in his career i mean he i believe he is 36 or 37 maybe 35 yes
0: yeah 35 somewhere in there not sure so
1: i mean i just at this point you're five and one in the season you're doing great. I don't, this is not the time where you play through an injury like that, especially as an offensive lineman. Um, Absolutely. You know, it's who, yeah. who would, who who do we think would come in for him? If he sits out next Sunday, who
0: comes in? Probably Jalen Moore. Is he still on the team? Or would it
1: be Matt? Yes. He is still on the team. Would it be Matt Pryor?
0: Doesn't I I think Matt Pryor's experience is mostly along the interior of the line. And the the team has talked about liking Jalen Moore as the as the swing tackle. So that would be my guess, but obviously not sure.
1: John Feliciano is the more interior. I thought Pryor was a tackle, but maybe maybe they can all swing around. So Um Segment one. Hufunga Kawabunga. He had a lot of tackles yesterday. He was all over the place. Seven. Total tackles, five solo, no pass deflections, interceptions or anything. Um, But this was another game where you saw him everywhere. This is another game where the end of the play, there's a group there. Man, he's the first one there. Or if it's across the field, he does what he does so well, and he gets to that ball, he gets to that play, even if the whistle has been blown. His blitz was fun. To get there.
0: Yeah, that was was a real fun blitz on Walker.
1: That was my next point is I, I love when I see him get a chance to blitz. They normally do it at least once a game. Um, but part of me says we got to do it more with him. I mean, leaving Gibson alone in, in the backfield, um, not great, but I just I love it when Hufunga does. You know, one, it gives you Palomalo vibes, uh, but I think it's great. He's good at it. So uh, there was a lot of a lot of group tackles yesterday. I mean, the, the person that had – there were two people that had five solo tackles. that was Javon Hargrave, who had a big game, and Hufunga. They each had five solos. Um, nobody else had more, but a lot of combined tackles. so it's you know it's it's nice to see and you't just you can't just get a a feel for the game off of the stat sheet because you could look at this and say, "Well, that means guys couldn't wrap guys up and needed help of other defenders, or it just means they got there at the same time and they brought them down together um. But yeah, all in all, I would say a great game from Hufunga. Don't think he made any big mistakes here. I know the defense, we've been harsh or criticizing them this morning, but I don't think he really was a part of that. I think it was a pretty clean game from Hufunga here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Hufunga just continues to assert himself as one of the NFL's top safeties. I'm... Tashawn Gibson continues to play really, really well. I'm excited to see Jair Brown work his way into the lineup more and more. But I do
1: really want to see more Brown. I want to see more Jair Brown.
0: Yeah. It's just going to be hard with how well Gibson is playing. I
1: know, but I'm excited about Jair Brown.
0: Yeah, we got to Randy let Gibson a redeem himself. Oh, yeah. We got to talk about that. Randy Gregory looked excellent. Yeah, Randy was Gregory was sack. probably the team's best pass rusher on, on Sunday. Other than he his, his limited snaps, but he was probably Hargrave, the best player on that D line.
1: Hargrave, Hargrave had a big game.
0: Yes, that's that probably is a little hyperbolic. But other than Bosa of the edge rushers, I mean, he outplayed Drake Jackson, not even close. And you have to wonder yeah, if that's kind of why they brought the, him in. I don't know. A I'm alarming. I'm, I'm happy with the Randy Gregory move. He clearly contributed on Sunday, and yeah.
1: So. Moving on to our next segment, how do we how do we do nitpicking dominance here when it doesn't feel like, well, I guess maybe at this point it still could technically be nitpicking because injuries, refs, but there wasn't a lot of dominance. So, how do we how do we go about this segment to me?
0: I uh Yeah, I don't know to be honest. I think we just talk about things that concerned us. I think we yeah, I mean have. I, Yeah, that's that's what I'm not sure I'm not sure there is much to nitpick. I think we've we've talked about it. Obviously the team played a bad game. And so I don't think it is nitpicking. So I think we might just kind of move on from nitpicking dominance this week because it's not nitpicks, it's valid concerns. The only thing I want to mention is I don't think that Steve Wilkes is as good of a defensive coordinator as D'Amico Ryan's, and I do think it's showing a little. So the run defense is one area that maybe we haven't talked about as much that does concern me. That's going to be an area we need to fix, and it'll be interesting to see what we do.
1: I was going to say we made one comment about that, but I would put that um, the run defense at least this week is uh... – a area of concern. Um, the point I made about Iuk having 10 targets, four receptions, and Purdy missing him deep pretty much each time, that was an area of concern. But again, I think that's just factoring into Purdy's poor play for this week. And I think next week we'll see a very different. Um, and then Jake Moody missing two field goals. That's, I mean, a kicker having two misses in a game, that's worrisome. Next week is a totally different week. I think that Purdy and Moody will make big adjustments. I think we'll see a very, very different Brock Purdy. I think that he will have a much better game. And I sure hope that Jake Moody has a much better game next week against the Vikings on Monday night. So those are, I would say those are the three and only areas of concern when it's like, hey, this wasn't great. But it's hard to say an area of concern when it was just a, a one bad week with that specific thing. If we're sitting here next week talking about the same three things of, hey, Run defense, not great. Alexander Madison was all over us, and he hasn't had an awesome season so far. Brock Purdy missed Ayuk or whoever a lot, and Jake Moody missed another kick. Yeah, I would then say it's an area of concern. But I would say those are just the three things like, hey, that's, that's what didn't work for us this week. Let's see how they respond. So I'm excited to watch those three very specific things and see how those look on Monday night.
0: Yeah, and I, I think the thing to really to really express as we move on is, like, I still think the 49ers are the best team in the NFL. This has not changed my opinion at all. And that's that's all I have to say about it, you know? Really nice the
1: Eagles losing as well with us. They just wanted to have the same record as us.
0: Yeah, no more undefeated uh, undefeated teams, so that is nice. And like you mentioned, the, the 49ers next week, Monday Night Football, going to take on the Minnesota Vikings. I think this is a get-right game. The Vikings are floundering. Justin Jefferson isn't playing. Kirk Cousins is still Kirk Cousins. He produces, but nothing special there other than in the do eyes you know of the Vikings?
1: Shanahan. What Do you know the Vikings record off the top of your head?
0: Two and four.
1: They're two and four. I nailed it. Nice. That's – I mean, I know their defense has been sus for years, but Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, and then rookie Jordan Addison – TJ Hawkinson, Alexander Madison. I'm like, this is this is a solid offense, you would think. I know the defense has, has really been hurting them in, in a lot of ways, and then now Jay Jetta is out. But I'm not, again, I'm not too worried about this team. But again, what did we say last week before playing the, the Browns? It's an NFL team, so do not sleep in any way, shape, or form. But very nice to be playing the Vikings without a Justin Jefferson.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I think the Vikings defense doesn't really have anything that scares me. I don't know. Is there anything that jumps out to you there? The biggest thing is going to be to monitor those Debo, McCaffrey, Trent Williams injuries. But honestly, I kind of want them to just get 100% healthy and and miss this game. I don't want to be jinxing us. Maybe this is a trap game, but I feel like we just had our trap game. I think the Niners are going to come out with a vengeance and reassert themselves as the NFL's elite team. And the Vikings are going to be on the receiving end of that reassertion. I don't know. This just has all the makings of a get right game to me.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I would I would say the Browns, like we're we're flip-flopping because the Browns had one of the best defenses in the league, and the Vikings, I think, are one of the worst. Um, some some notable players is really the only true like top tier is uh Daniel Hunter. Linebacker, edge rusher, Daniel Hunter. He's phenomenal. So I think if we can handle Micah Parsons, I think we'll be able to handle Daniel Hunter. We handled Miles Garrett. He did not have many tackles and didn't have a single sack. Yeah, he was in the way, but that's just what he does. Uh, Their strong safety, Harrison Smith, is one of my favorite safeties. Watched him for a long time. Always get him in Madden. He's up there in age now, so not as effective as it used to be. They have linebacker Jordan Hicks, who's kind of a boomer bust guy. He either makes some big plays or is the one giving away a touchdown. Former Saint linebacker, uh, Marcus Davenport. Um, And then cornerback Byron Murphy, another former Cardinal. So I think a lot of these guys, a few years ago, I'd be more worried about these names. Don't know quite where they are now. I know the Vikings defense doesn't quite, quite seem to be a big problem. So, you know, I'm having a hard time saying don't worry just because of, we, we said that last week, and maybe we should have given more respect to that Browns defense, um, but I'm certainly not going to give a whole lot of respect to this Vikings defense until they earn it because, you know, they played the Bears last week, and they only allowed the Bears to put up 13, but again, that is the Bears. Um, go back to week five, and the Vikings played the Chiefs. Chiefs won 27-20. So they gave up 27. They were able to put uh, 20 on the Chiefs. And then uh, week four, they beat the Panthers 21-13. to So they haven't had too many challenging games quite yet, it seems. I mean, Chiefs, I will I will say, are one. So, yeah, nothing crazy on that defense. They do have a pretty good offensive line. Christian Darisau it left tackle. Ezra Cleveland left guard. I believe he's questionable right now, so we'll see. Garrett Bradbury, their center, it's phenomenal.
0: Um, yeah, and I mean, Kirk Cousins is a solid quarterback, so maybe the offense can make things move, but, but I just think this 49ers defense and offense are just going to be coming out with a bad taste in their mouth and really wanting to reassert themselves, and I just don't think the Vikings are going to be able to to stop that. But, so. Timmy, it's prime time Kirk. That's great in our yeah, favor. Yeah, that's a good point. Kirk Cousins I know it's normally- historically always plays... Bad games In Horribly. prime times so That's a really it, good point
1: Statistically it's mainly on Thursdays But prime time is prime time so, And with Justin Jefferson out That's huge um, KJ Osborne is receiver one I guess Or Jordan Addison And then rookie Brandon Powell Is stepping in In that third spot uh, TJ Hawkinson's there uh, Vikings are one of the only other teams That has a fullback cam- uh, CJ Ham. So yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not too worried about the offense either without him, but um, this is a revenge game. Do you know who this is a revenge game for? It is a Vikings player, not a 49 than, player. Other
0: than Kirk Cousins against Kyle Shanahan, no, I'm, I'm not sure not, who it's a revenge game for. But that is a
1: good point. That is fun that, you know, I don't think that gets talked about enough, that Kyle Shanahan obviously loves Kirk Cousins and... You know, everyone's surprised that Kirk never came to the Niners. There's still even talk that uh, Kirk is a free agent after this season. There's still talk that he comes to the Niners after that. Um, this is their third-string quarterback who is on injured reserve, Nick Mullins.
0: Oh, slick Nick is on the uh, is on the Vikings. I forgot about that.
1: You just got to make note of all these revenge games.
0: Hey, we'll always have that Thursday night football game against the Raiders with Nick Mullins.
1: Yes, the greatest
0: debut of a rookie quarterback ever, ever. Better than any, or greatest debut of a first-time starter ever. Better than Patrick Mahomes. Better than Brock Purdy. I mean, just crazy stats that Nick <laughs> Mullins has.
1: Um, one of my last things I got is Alex- Alexander Alexander Madison yesterday against the Bears had 18 rushing attempts for a measly 44 yards and his longest rush was 8 yards and so that's an average of 2.4. Now, I believe that the Niners rush defense is better than the Chicago Bears. Mainly because I can't tell you a Bears defensive lineman real quick.
0: Yeah, I, can't. I also trying. can't.
1: Um so if if And Cam Akers had one rushing attempt for eight eight yards. That's nuts that he got one. (laughs) Um, The leading receiver was TJ Hawkinson, six receptions for 50 yards. KJ Osborne was next for four and 48. Um, So I'm not very worried about this offense if the Bears' defense, who is getting better but has been historically trash, Um, if they can hold the Vikings to 19 points into those stats – Kirk Cousins was 21 for 31, 181 yards and one touchdown. Average of 8.6. I've point got to say, I'm a little worried about our defense if the Vikings have a, a big offensive game. Because if the Browns are able to... Again, the Browns did not have a big offensive game. They probably ran the ball more than we would have liked or had more success running the ball than we would have liked, to be clear. So if after playing the Browns in an upset game and then not having... A very stout defense against the Vikings. I then would have some concern, but with this offense being this st- with this much struggle, bus energy against the Bears yesterday, I would expect them to struggle even more against the Niners on Monday.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I I, I think the Niners are gonna are gonna run away with this, reassert themselves. Not gonna be a challenge. But hey, I, I thought that about yesterday's game too. So. Who knows? But I I think this is going to be a get-right game. I think yesterday was the exception, not the rule, and I think we'll see the rule again next Monday. Daniel, coming off of, as we kind of wrap up here, want to make some bold predictions?
1: I do. It's going to be hard with some of these injuries. I don't want to make a prediction with a guy who's questionable. Uh, Let's look at ours from last week real quick. I guess did I not? I don't know if I changed it because I had it say Cowboys on my notes. But I'm like, I think I we uh, we did it. So you predicted two Bosa sacks, you got one. I predicted defense allows one touchdown. I think that's no, they got two, didn't they? No, just one really. Well, one one touchdown for the Browns.
0: Yeah, it was a it was a weird game.
1: Kareem Hunt. That's a lot of field goals for them then.
0: Yeah. Okay. They did not miss any kicks,
1: and I, I felt like my defense allows one was bold. I do not feel very bold with that anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. I think I'm gonna go with this happened already, but I'm gonna say it again. I'm gonna say another Jordan Mason touchdown. It happened yesterday, and I think he's gonna be the bulk of the ball carrier going through the bulk of the run game going forward. That was I yeah, really phrased we that is- weirdly. I think he's going to be the main this, running back. I think he's going to get another touchdown. Jordan Mason, touchdown, lock it
1: in. Do you think CMC is healthy? Or, sorry, not. I mean, I, I don't know if he'll be healthy. Do you think he plays at all?
0: I don't know that he plays at all, but I just can't imagine that he's going to be given the full workload because I don't really see this being a close game. And I, I kind of wonder if yesterday's injury, regardless of how severe it is, was maybe a bit of a reminder to Kyle Shanahan of like, oh yeah, I need to be careful with this guy.
1: Yeah. I'm going to go with the twos. I'm going to go with a defensive bull prediction here. And so what I mean by the twos is I predict that there will be at least two sacks, two interceptions, and less than two touchdowns scored for the Vikings.
0: Two sacks, two interceptions, less than two touchdowns. I love it, and I the twos. I, I would, I would probably agree. That's the two same game parlay from Daniel there. If you wanna, if you wanna yeah. dabble in that,
1: and I need. I don't think did Diomundo did D'A, Wow did D'Amador Lenore get hurt? He wasn't on the report, so no. Um,
0: I I honestly am not sure because he came back. He was out for a bit, but he came back. So I I don't think so, but who knows, you know?
1: Well, because he's number two, so I need him to be a big part of that. If if we get two interceptions, he has something to do with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, listeners, thanks for tuning in. If you take away one thing from this episode, I want you to take away that we are not worried. The 49ers are going to be fine. They are still a phenomenal team, and it's super fun to root for them. And we really appreciate you tuning in. Daniel, any uh, parting thoughts?
1: Yeah, we, we do really appreciate it. You know, because I was trying to be a good husband, I went to this uh, Taylor Swift concert movie thing last night. Oh, did you really? And she was a very appreciative. I did. I did. I, husband of the day. Um. And she was so appreciative of her fans. And got to be honest, I thought, about, I thought about the podcast as I'm watching this going, yeah, you know, I really love our listeners too. And if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be doing this either. So thank you, everybody.
0: Yeah, and in conclusion, Daniel and I are launching a live podcast film at theaters throughout the country, and we expect to see you all there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, thanks for, for tuning in, everybody. We do appreciate you all, as always, and uh, stay safe. I'm not a whip, i whip.